Welcome, creatures real and unreal, to the Unfair Folk, an unbalanced undertaking to understand myths. I am your clairvoyant co-host, Jack. And I am your... are we doing C-words today? Uh, if you can think of one. <laughs> I am your chrysanthemum host. <laughs> okay. I, that is, yeah, that's a C-word. So we talked about, um the nine realms last time and now we're going to talk about odin who else we also discussed a little bit um there are two kind of intertwined odin stories that i want to get to one is how he discovered runes and the other is how he lost his eye as in like r-u-n-e-s like the symbols yes he discovered those? I thought those were just, like, things of, like, I thought those were just writing. I mean, yes. So runes are interesting in the sense that each individual rune has a meaning, and usually multiple meanings. I gotta pull up a picture of these Norse runes. Yes, yes. There are, runes are kind of, have now been used as, like, uh, a shorthand for, like, magical symbols, but the term rune, I believe, even specifically refers to Odin, uh, not Odin's language, Nordic runes. Like, I think the the term runes, like, we have the alphabet and they have runes. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll post pictures if I can, but I don't know if I can, like, I don't know if I can type them. It's, it's pretty much a dead, it's not even a language anymore, because, like, it's evolved, obviously, into Nordic, but, like, this is, like, pre- Nordic, Nordic. Nobody like nobody writes with these anymore. No, they don't. But Unicode does have a couple odd oddballs in their uh, compendium. So maybe. Yeah, you can also Google um, Futhark. F U T H A R K. Um, the T H is actually usually written out as the little like thorn, so it looks kind of like a weird P. Um, but it's pronounced Futhark. I got a book uh, about the runes of Futhark for Christmas, so it's like, it's really interesting. It's like a capital P that, like... Slid downward, yeah. <laughs> it's called a thorn, I think. It's weird, so like, is, yeah. yeah. I believe the only language that still uses it in the modern day is Icelandic. That would make sense. Guess where the Vikings <laughs> existed. Yeah, who would have seen that coming through? Well, because a lot of languages actually had, like, thorn existed as a letter in a lot of languages, including English. It's why, when you see, like, the signs that say ye old, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tavern. Mm-hmm. Y just wasn't used very much, and it's in German specifically. So, when the printing press was, uh, when that was the hot new tech on the market, then... <laughs> The Germans, they were like, hmm, we don't really have a way to convey this th sound. Uh, what should we use? And they didn't really use Y, so they were just like, uh, put that. So Y became the th sound. So it's actually the old tavern. Yeah, it's just the same word. It's just the old tavern, but it's like using a different, it's like a three steps removed way of writing it. Whack. German printing presses. So what if people would people have said ye old or would they have said the? No, they would have just said it like a Y would have just been pronounced as the That's so bananas. I don't like that. I've been lied to my whole life. Okay, so so yes, back to runes. So we can so we'll we'll start there. So we've talked about Yggdrasil, which is the world tree, right? And it grows mainly out of the well of Earth and U-R-D, with the little weird symbol there, uh, and, and the Norns tended to it. Now, they would use the waters of the well to heal the damage of, of that would happen to the tree, because they were, you know, snakes and, and stags and birds and creatures just, you know, gnawing at it all the time. Um, but another thing that they did was uh, carve runes into Yggdrasil's trunk, so because the world tree was in all nine realms, the runes that they would carve into the tree would affect fate and time and, and destiny and everything, and it would carry through to the nine realms. Well, that's not intuitive. Okay. It's, it's pretty fucking neat. I mean, like, that's a pretty cool power. So, like, we, you know, you have the Greek, uh, the three fates, uh, who would measure out your life and like snip the thread or, or sew it into tapestries or whatever 
and uh, the, the Norns instead, like, did their magic through wood. Where I thought you were going with that was going to be something like, oh, the runes are carved into the tree so that all the, like, everyone in the Nine Realms, like, since the tree goes to the whole Nine Realms, they could, like, everyone could see the runes, and it was, like, a universal one. No, um, actually quite the opposite. Uh, the runes held such power that the Norns were basically the only ones who could use them and who even knew them. Like, this wasn't something they made up necessarily the runes like existed kind of like the laws of physics like they existed no one made them exist yes and then the 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 norns could just see them and use them interesting okay it's like thomas edison didn't invent electricity he didn't invent the light bulb either by the way tesla gang forever um but like he you he used it he learned it's power and used it so the norns the norns knew the runes which was why they're powerful and odin he has this seat in asgard i forget it's his throne has a name literally everything has a name vikings are obsessed with naming things like i talked about how hell um has like a bull named hunger and like a knife called sadness and whatever that wasn't uncommon like oh that is a that's an album and a half right there. Right? They, the Vikings were metal, so he his throne is called something. And, and from his throne, he can kind of see... Uh, I don't remember if it's all the Nine Realms or just like Midgard and, uh, and all of Asgard. He also has two ravens, Hugin and Munin, um, who are thought and mind. And he can send them out to look at stuff. So, like, ravens are, are Odin's bird. They're, like, his sacred symbol. Like, how the owl is Athena and Zeus has the eagle and, like, you know, th- there's animal kind of symbols for a lot of gods. And Odin's is ravens. And he has his, his two specific ravens that are kind of his envoys. They don't necessarily do anything. They just... So, scouts, maybe. They just kind of go out and look at stuff and then, like, go back and report to okay. Odin. Yeah, so information gathering. Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't, they're ravens, they don't, like, do anything <laughs> much other than, like, eat people. Um, but that's actually why a lot of Vikings, again, which came first, the chicken or the egg, the raven or the, the corpse, I suppose, because they would see ravens picking at the carrion or, like, dead bodies of people after battles. And because Odin was the, the, the god of war and the, the, god of the gallows and the god of you know not necessarily death itself but like death in battle they see these ravens kind of partaking of the sacrifice if if you will of of slain enemies or or friends and they were like oh that's his that's because they're his bird right okay so okay that makes a lot of sense also a cool little corvid fact they got so smart this is you know this obviously also wasn't just happening in norway like uh, ravens and crows are omnivores, so they eat meat, they eat bugs, they eat whatever, and they're very smart. So they would follow armies and just kind of hang out around armies so that they, like, because they recognized, they can, like, recognize faces and stuff. So they recognized, like, the armor and the weapons meant they were eventually going to get a meal, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Okay, crows and ravens are just... They are so smart. I may, I might be getting this mixed up with owls, but aren't like crows and ravens seen as symbols of wisdom and stuff? And so Athena's symbol, the goddess of wisdom um, and like creativity and stuff from from Greece, uh, or otherwise known as Minerva, is an owl. So that's a symbol of wisdom. There, that's that's not a common. A lot of wiseness or wise deities are are shown as owls. Um, yeah. Hugin and Mute, like ravens and crows in general, are often seen as omens of death because of, again, what I mentioned, like, if they were flying around, it's because they expected there to be dead people there, which, you know, there's like a murder of crows and and stuff like that. Uh, That must be why the, oh, wow, that makes a lot of, right? It's all coming together. But yes, also in, in Viking society, and I would say in general, they're, they may not be seen as symbols of wisdom, but they are very clever birds. Okay. They tend to be more, there's a Russian, I don't know if it's a deity, like an, I can't even say Russian, old like Slavic indigenous folk thing. It's name is Kutka, 
um, which is like crow or raven, basically. Um, and it's a trickster. There, you see a lot of like in like Aesop fable animal stories. Um, you you see a lot of like crows and ravens being not necessarily wise but clever. Okay. Yeah, and Odin. Odin himself is is wise, but he's also very tricky. A lot of people picture him as this sort of, like, Anthony Hopkins, I guess, if you want to go straight there, like, quiet, reserved, wise ruler. But he's kind of shitty. He's kind of tricky. Like, there's a reason him and Loki are blood brothers. It's because, like, Odin... Loki just doesn't have his shit handled. Loki is, like, tricky, and he he's mischievous. Oh, and clever. Odin's just clever. So instead of, like, he doesn't use his powers to fuck shit up, usually. Sometimes he does, but, like, there's there's an end goal. Loki's end goal is chaos. Odin's end goal is whatever Odin's end goal is. One cannot fathom. Um, so he's sitting on his seat, and he's, he's watching the, the war. It is the Nine Realms because he can actually see the Norns. And he gets envious, right? That's another thing. Odin is very powerful. He always kind of is looking for more. Um, not in the sense that it's hubris. Is it hubris or hubris? Whatever, one of those. Not he, hummus. Um, <laughs> so, not humus. <laughs> He's not humus. Um, but he knows that power is power. He knows that he wants it and he gets it. Like, if there was, like, if he had, like, two more flaws, he would be Icarus. So he's watching the Norns, and he's like, you know what? They can carve these runes into the tree, and they can affect everything. They can affect my fate. They can affect, like, even as a god, they control me, almost. Or, or he, he sees this sort of weakness. And so he goes there, basically, and he... he in some versions, he talks to the Norns directly, and he says, teach me the runes. And they're like, yeah, it super doesn't work like that. And he's like, what do you mean? And they go, well, the runes only reveal themselves to those who prove themselves worthy. And Odin's like, cool, I'm going to figure out how to do that. He starts staring at the world tree, and he decides that what he needs to do is to make a sacrifice. After all, that's how the gods get their power. Sacrifice and worship. Um, it is a powerful it is a powerful thing, sacrifice, whether that be the sacrifice symbolically or truthfully of a life or of material goods or of time or of pain and comfort. Like sacrifice takes a lot of shapes. But the most powerful sacrifice usually is death. Life. What you are sacrificing your life. It leads to death. That's the op. That's what. That's that's the end goal. I'm gonna throw in a content warning here for he's a god, so he doesn't die. But like discussions of, I suppose, suicidal actions, even though there is not an end result of suicide, because he he comes to the realization that he is the All Father, and so the only sacrifice worthy of him is himself. Okay. Yeah. Not egotistical, but I get it. Yeah, I mean, yes, but, like, he's not wrong, right? And it's it's more even that, like, he'll, he obviously doesn't, like, turn his nose up at other sacrifices, but he's like, if I want to unlock, if I want to prove my worth, if I want to be worthy of this, I need the power that no one else can give me. I need to suffer and die so that I can be reborn. Oh, okay, we almost had another fucking moth moment because I just saw a huge spider. Hold on. I'm living in a nightmare. Okay, taken care of. My apologies to Brother Anansi. I just had to kill one of your dudes. We can talk about Anansi another time. He's a spider god. He's pretty cool. Ooh, wait, I've actually heard of uh, Anansi. I think I've actually heard of that. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, kids' books about him, actually, like, uh, how he he's another trickster. Anansi is mentioned in the book Bobby Singer's Guide to Hunting. Shout out to uh, Orlando Jones, who portrays him in American Gods, and it does a fantastic job. Some of the best scenes of American Gods uh, were, were him. So, right, so he, 
decides to sacrifice himself to himself. He hangs himself from the world tree with a noose. Like, he's not, like, repelling from it. He's not, like, in a harness. Like, he hangs himself, yeah. Um, and he, he pierces himself with his spear. And he, he forbids any of the other gods to grant him any aid. Not a sip of water, not a kind word, nothing. He, said, he basically says, fuck off and let me die, right? And they listen. And he's, he's like near the top of the world tree, right? And he's peering directly downwards into the waters, into the well of earth. And he's like calling to the runes, right? I guess I would probably just be swearing a lot because I'm assuming it hurts. He hung there for nine days and nine nights, which is a while. These Nords really like the number nine. That's, yep, yes. And this is, chronologically, this myth is probably the first time you see the number nine. And this is the reason in fiction that the number nine is so important. He spent three days hanging from the tree. He spent three days in the underworld, and he's had three days to find his way back. He was hanging from the tree for nine days. He goes on like a little astral plane trip, I guess. It's told differently, too. Um, sometimes he just like, sometimes he dies and his spirit leaves and he comes back. Sometimes he like just dies and like has a hallucination, a vision, and comes back. Sometimes he like just has a vision. But regardless, the runes are revealed to him, and he learns 18 charms. Um, and I'm going to run through them real quick because it's pretty interesting. So he learns a charm that can cure pain and sickness and lift grief from the heart of the grieving. I'm also pulling this text from American Gods by Neil Gaiman um, because every other description of what his charms do are complicated and bad. So I think Neil Gaiman simplifies them the best. So that's why I'm like copy-pasting his stuff. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, so cure pain and sickness. I know a charm that will heal with this touch, which I find is, is interesting because that's separate from pain and sickness. A charm that will turn aside the weapons of, of an enemy. A charm to free himself from bonds and locks. Um, which is a cool little, like, D&D rogue trick. Um, he can catch an arrow in flight and take no harm from it. I love that that's a charm within itself. Like, he can turn aside all weapons, but, like, if an arrow's already coming at him, he can just, like, noop, like, grab it out of the air, which is badass. He spells sent to hurt him will only hurt the sender, so you can't curse Odin. I would think, I would think that's intuitive but okay i mean like i suppose that rather than like you shouldn't curse odin this is like you can't because you shouldn't try but now if you do you can't but i don't know who was like hurling curses at odin that this was an issue so he can quench a fire simply by looking at it which is pretty cool it's some pyrokinesis if any man hates him, he can win his friendship. And this is, that's my favorite, I think. Because, like, again, Neil Gaiman does a really good job of kind of showing Odin as, like, he's not necessarily a great guy in the sense that, like, he's, he's not, he's looking out for himself, right? And he also is looking out for other people, but, like, he's looking out for himself. So, like, in one story, he basically tricks this woman into falling in love with him so he can steal magic potions, right? And, like, she, like, falls in love with him. And then he's like, thanks for the potion, bye! And they had technically stolen, her father had stolen the potion in the first place, but, like, he had no qualms about kind of raking her over the coals to get what he needed. But he's charming, He's weirdly, you can't, you can't hate him. Like, I believe this. For, of, of all the stories and all the abilities, I believe that, like, he's just, you can't stay, he's one of those assholes you can't stay mad at. I don't know, it's weird. He can sing the wind to sleep and calm a storm for long enough to bring a ship to shore, which I like, they specify that, because Thor can make storms. He can just, like, quiet the weather just long enough to get your ship to, to shore. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, just in case he's OP. Um, 
He learned to dispel witches so he can spin them around in the sky so that they will never find their way back to their own doors again. Um, witches were a big problem in uh, Viking times. That's not even, like, necessarily a joke. It's just that, like, magic was, A, mostly a feminine art. And that's also what's interesting. They, the, the Vikings saw magic as, as a very a woman's thing to do. Odin practices magic. There's a lot of gender fuckery. In Viking myths. Exactly. Like, we talked about how Ymir was, uh, you know, both male and female in the sense that that uh, they were, you know, able to kind of give birth by themselves. They were what they needed. They, yeah, exactly. And then, like, Odin, even though Odin can do this this feminine thing, magic. And that it's never like, lol, Odin does girl stuff. It's like, this is so powerful, it's a woman's thing but Odin does it because Odin is also very powerful and that makes him kind of a woman. Like he, like feminine in the sense. They had a word, they had a word that meant feminine. So Odin was that. And they also had this weird kind of law in a lot of places where like it was okay to be gay, but you also had to like have a wife and reproduce. And it was kind of shameful to be on the receiving end of things. So they wouldn't really do it with like content warning for sexual assault. If a man was doing it to another man, it was basically seen as, like, battle, you know? It was, it was, uh, what's it called? Subduing? Subjugating? There we go. It was subjugating them, so, like, it was defeating them in the bedroom. (laughs) So, like, you wouldn't want to do it with your, like, best friend because that would be disrespectful. So they did kind of have a lot of slaves for that like in the sense that they would go to another land and like win and beat beat people up and bring them back with them and then like you would have a servant slave and also maybe sometimes sex with that individual you were also just a sex servant as well yeah a little bit also, threesomes were, were pretty, like, multiple people being involved. Legitimately, it was, like, not unheard of. More common, I w- or more, I don't know. I, don't, I can't say how frowned upon it was, but, like, they were probably more chill with it than the, it the Catholics. Enough. Yes. It was common, common enough that it made it to the modern day, and we know about it. So. Yeah, and, like, because then, then, like, you could, like, be with your bro, but there was, like, a woman there, so it wasn't, like, gay. <laughs> But it was. There's a Lonely Island song about this. It's not gay if it's... Yep, there we go. There you go. It's Viking truth. Um, okay, so... Yeah, dispel witches, because they were a real problem. If he sings uh, this specific charm when a battle rages, it can take warriors through the battle, unscathed and unhurt, and bring them safely back to their hearths and their homes, which basically means like he can pick who survives a battle if he wants to. That doesn't necessarily mean he does. There's, like, the the Christian notion that, like, God is all-powerful and everything is a part of his plan, so, like, whatever happens is because he specifically wanted it to happen. With uh, Norse mythology, and you see this in a lot of, like, polytheistic religions, Odin wasn't necessarily controlling everything, but if he wanted to, he could. So, like, if you died in battle, it wasn't necessarily because Odin wanted you specifically to, or, like, even survive, like, it was still up to you. They, they had more of, like, a hands-on approach. Like, you, st- you couldn't just be like, well, if I get stabbed, you know, whatever. It's like, no, I have to get good so I don't get stabbed. But if I do get, if I get really good and I do get stabbed, maybe it's because Odin wants me to die. Uh-huh. Okay. If he sees a hanged man, he can bring him down from the gallows to whisper all he remembers. So that basically means, like, because he is god of the gallows, because he hung himself, he can talk to people who either hung themselves or were hung and talk to that specific kind of dead person. Which would have been a feat too because they would not have ended up in Valhalla unless I think some sacrifices might have. Like if you were if you were a willing sacrifice basically, they would do these ceremonies. Uh, they talked about this in Midsommar actually. Have you seen that? I have not. I've been meaning to. Yeah, so this this isn't spoilers or anything. But they they talk about rituals uh, they used to do 
where nine individuals were sacrificed so and they represented kind of all individuals so nine men would be killed and they represented all men and sometimes they would sacrifice slaves but sometimes they would like either take volunteers or do like a lottery thing and it was seen as like an honor um they would even like give them like a send-off party so like they would go they would get like blitzed and like have a bunch of sex and like do drugs and stuff and then like go be hung and they wouldn't like feel it necessarily um and they would hang like bulls to represent all bulls and it was always nine of each um and then like eventually they would do it once they did it every year and then they would do it once every nine years and then they stopped doing it you know <laughs> like in the lean times they couldn't say and then like eventually obviously hopefully people aren't Killing nine people a bunch. A thirteenth charm is if he sprinkles water on a child's head, the child will not fall in battle, which is a very interesting sort of baptism thing, right? Like, I don't know, I just felt like that struck me as, a, as someone who was raised Christian, the idea that, like, sprinkling water on a kid for protection. Fourteenth, he knows the names of all the gods, all of them. Now, in the context of Norse mythology, they were kind of aware that there was their pantheon, that, that Aesir from Asgard, and then they even knew, like, they eventually absorbed, we talked about it, they absorbed the Vanir from Vanaheim, that was kind of like a separate tribe's deal, and they, like, had a war and then absorbed into each other. But they, like, knew about other gods, too. And they weren't even necessarily, like, of the mindset that those gods didn't exist. They were just like, our god is better, though. There was a joke that was like, um... In the, in the TV show Vikings, some dude was talking to a, a Catholic priest, Christian priest, I don't know if they're Catholic. They were talking about the crucifixion, and he said something like, uh, our God was nailed to a cross, and the Viking went, well, my God has a hammer. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just, I, that's real bad, but funny. Yeah, so he knows the names of all the gods, and like, in a lot of religions, that is power. Names are names are powerful, powerful things. Isn't that why middle names exist? Like yes, yeah. So there's like different thoughts about this, but middle names are essentially supposed to be a secret name that you have. So uh, if some if someone knows your full name and they want to enact magic on you, they don't know your secret middle name, so they can't do it. The fifteenth charm is he had a dream of power, of glory, and of wisdom, and he can make people believe in his dreams. So basically, he that's like he had a vision of the future of him being successful, and like he can make people follow him. Charismatic. If you want to put this in like a personality trait thing, he's very charismatic. He can get. He would be a very good cult leader. He 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 got a he got a nat twenty on charisma. <laughs> he did. Oh man, I was so t I was trying not to be D and D because I didn't want to be like that much of a geek. So thank you for taking that bullet. <laughs> so the sixteenth charm I think is a gross one. If I need love, I can turn the mind and heart of any woman. So that's kind of referring to like, mm, like yeah, love potion, but like yeah, required. Yeah, just like a permanent horny aura i guess i mean i have that <laughs> congratulations and here's where's the here's the grosser part 17th no woman i want will ever want another i have seen this phrased in many ways i have seen this no woman i have will ever want another no woman i have will ever have another and no woman i want will ever want another and, like, as subtle as that is, it's interesting. You don't have to tell me about the subtlety. Like, I'm processing all of that in real time, and I'm like, wow, these all have three very distinctly different meanings. Right? And, like, I think I'm the most comfortable with, I think, no woman I want will ever want another. I think the one I'm least comfortable with is no woman I have will ever want another because that one implies that if he has sex with you or I guess if he has sex with a woman they like free will that's it like they're just done or maybe like in a positive light they like nut so hard that they're just good they're like oh it turns out I only needed to have sex once and now I can like cure cancer <laughs> because I'm not thinking about how horny I am all the time like maybe but that's not obviously I don't think that was the intent of the charm. It's that, like, 
if you know either he is actually practically that good or he has magic that like just makes it so that if uh, when he has a woman they don't they want him and nobody else it doesn't even say like they will want only me it does sometimes but like the majority of time is just like if i have a woman they don't want anyone else which is like okay sure that would suck though like imagine you have a one night stand and then you're like man like i would love to have sex with someone else but like not, I guess. But all I can think of is just this one dude from 19 years ago. Yeah, that one old, one-eyed, like, gross-looking old guy. I don't know, whatever. Maybe he's hot. Maybe he's a delf. I don't like to think about that. And the 18th charm is a charm that he can tell no one. That's okay. kind of a cliffhanger there, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of um, melodramatic. He's like, I know 18 charms. Here's, here's the exact, like, a record of the 17 charms, and then there's one that I'm not going to tell you up yours. I honestly think he's just being petty. Like, maybe he knows 17 and he's just fucking with you. Like, that's the sort of thing Odin would do. He would, he would absolutely spread rumors about all of his charms and then just be like, oh, and there's an 18th one, but nobody knows what it is. And this is also why this whole sacrifice of himself to himself is why Yggdrasil is called Yggdrasil. Because... Oop, oop, nope, mmm. Mmm, not gonna say it like that. We'll edit that out. Yep, e... Why GGR? Egear? The first part of Yggdrasil. <laughs> um, I can't. If you were gonna take it away, I think if you were gonna isolate it, I might pronounce that Iger. I don't think it's it's Yggdrasil, but I think if it's just the first part, it becomes Ig or Egear. Um, but it means terrible, and it is one of the countless names of the of Odin. Odin has so many fucking names. Gladowar. Uh, one eye, and then, like, translations of his names. So, like, he is he is the god of many names. He is Gallows Hung. He is, he, there's a lot. So, Terrible is one of his names, and it's how powerful and fearsome that he was presumed to be. And, and Drossil means horse. Yggdrasil is the horse of Odin, which is a reference to him riding it... Basically, when he was hung, the tree was his gallows, and it, like, carried his body, which the Norse people decided to describe as a horse and a rider. Okay. Which is interesting, right? Because, like, you don't traditionally think of gallows as transportation. Not with that mindset, you don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the mindset of that, it kills you. Yes. Um... <laughs> There's also the, the, like, okay, so you know autoerotic asphyxiation? What is this podcast? <laughs> I mean, no, but this is pertinent. Because of the blood flow thing, if you are a person with a penis and you are hung, you usually get a boner, right? That's, like, the mythos. And I think there is actually something to it, like, legitimately the way blood flow works. Not necessarily that it's arousing, but that you, it's like Viagra. It just kind of turns on, you know? Well, I mean, it's kind of like a diverting blood flow. Yeah, yes. Elsewhere, because your brain is, like... Dying. Blood. Just Blood is just the medium with which nutrients and resources are transported. Right. And your brain takes up, like, something... I'm just pulling this number out of my memory of, like... It takes up, like, 30 or 40% of all of your nutrients, like... Whack. Yeah, like, your brain is pretty intensive. That's... It's the only thing that makes humans special. So like, Then why is mine so bad, though? <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine if you cut that off, even 10, even 10, 20%. Yeah. That is a lot of extra... <laughs> you freeze up a lot of, <laughs> a lot of yeah. circulation. Yeah. A lot of blood that can go elsewhere. Yep. Such as a penis. So, yeah, it's so... It's not even necessarily referenced. It is kind of, it's like, it's not like an int intrinsic part of Odin, but like, it's seen as like, you know when people in church like get possessed by the Holy Ghost, allegedly, and they start like dancing and speaking in tongues? I've not heard of that. Sounds like really weird. It sounds like some weird, like, yuppie shit. Um, I mean, kind of. It's more like either like Deep South, like Bible, you know, like people will get moved by the Holy Spirit and get up and just start like, yelling and like gibberish and they say that they're speaking in tongues and they really are not 
Some people might occasionally speak in tongues, but it's usually just like they're making shit up and it's vaguely, it's bad. But it's like, it's a side effect of the Holy Ghost, right? Like it's not that the Holy Ghost speaks in tongues itself, but when it comes upon you, you speak in tongues, maybe, or dance, which seems nicer. The Holy Ghost speaks through interpretive dance. That's like... The fact that you get a boner when you're hung is kind of like, look at how powerful Odin is. I get, because it's a symbol of vitality, right? So the fact that you're dying, you would think that that would be the opposite, right? Cold makes it shrink. So like dying maybe should do that. That's not something you think of as arousing. May I don't know, whatever rubs your rhubarb, I'm not going to judge. But like most people don't, aren't like, yeah, death. But so the fact that that happens kind of like, I don't know, proves references is indicative of the fact that it's like a holy act, I guess. Powerful act. It's just a weird fact. So he learns the runes and he teaches them to a few select people, right? And that's how they spread out through Asgard because I guess like the Norns could have shown him the runes but they didn't want to or like i don't know i always i always missed the fact that like odin had to hang himself to learn the runes but then he just like gave them out you know which is cool for him like it's cool on his part but like how if i'm learning the runes without having hung myself am i worthy to learn them and i I think that's the discrepancy between like odin knows the runes and he knows how to like use them we know the runes, humans know the runes and can learn the runes, but they're not like, we don't learn like their true meaning, right? We just know what they look like. We don't know. Yeah. And we even know like, like there's runes for like fire. There's a rune for Odin. It's the Valknot. You'll actually, unfortunately, um, the Nazis got their hands on a lot of runes. So a lot of Nazi paraphernalia, there we go, has like the symbol of Odin. Or the, you know that two little lightning bolt? Uh, thing that they wear it's there's a name for it there's a, a nazi patch that has two little like jagged lightning bolts on it that's a that's a norse rune which sucks uh, I'm, I'm the thing i'm looking at it's a suwul suwulu yeah good good luck pronouncing them that's why i said little lightning bolt one because i don't fuck around with that hey i know how to pronounce quite a few of these actually because they are used in the game binding of isaac are they so, yeah, so, well, they're, um, bastardized a little bit. Yeah, that, you, that's usually how it be, huh? Well, they're not changed dramatically. Like, I'm just looking through this, and Perthu, but that, I, I know that as Perthro, and Dagaz, and Awaz, I could tell you what all of those do, like, in the game, and I don't know if those would have any relevance to what they actually are, like, in the lore. Yeah, and to be fair, there's, there's like, the elder Futhark runes and the younger Futhark runes. So, like, there's different evolutions of them. Okay. Um, so, even amongst... That's why, like, you'll see some runes, like, referred to as different runes. Or, like, some rune, like, translations won't have specific letters, you know? Because they didn't, like, exist yet. It's like how the thorn, like, came about and then disappeared, like... It meant something at one point and then didn't. Or, like, the, how the Y was, like, the TH. I also misspoke. The Volknot is not... It's the, It looks like three triangles, and they're interlocked. You may have seen it. Not everybody who wears or uses this symbol. V-A-L-K-N-U-T. Oh, that thing. Yes. Um, I've always thought that was, like, mountains. Mm, uh, it's triangles. It always looked like mountains to me. Yeah, so it's associated with Odin. It's not a rune. Um, Odin's rune is the little, it looks like a little uh, diamond shape, and then it's got, like, legs sticking out of it. It's the one that's O. And it's like an O, and then it has, like, a... Little, two little legs. It's like a pointy O with legs. That's, like, his rune, but the vault is also... I don't want to say that everyone using these sorts of runes as uh, not everyone obviously who uses any runes is a nazi because that would be insane there are specific runes that the nazis like the Volknut is one of them the little lightning bolt one is one of them this is something that that is very the only reason i'm like lingering on this is because it's it's very important to me i'm you know how like the swastika wasn't always a nazi thing yeah it was taken from uh hinduism yes exactly hindus don't really 
fuck around with it much anymore, you know, because... Connotation. Yes, exactly. That doesn't mean that, like, there aren't Hindus who still use it. It's just in very limited context. And there's probably, I'd be willing to bet, a, a person, a Hindu out there, who doesn't know the connotation and, like, uses it and doesn't know, right? I would say it's probably rare, but the world is big enough that I believe that there is, you know, someone out there who uses it completely unknowingly. Because of the lesser-known nature, less information out there about Vulcan, uh, not Vulcan, (laughs) Um, Viking runes, another geek slip right there, Uh, because Viking runes aren't well-known, there's not a lot of information on them, and they're not as glowing a symbol of Nazism as the swastika, there's a lot more people who use the runes without knowing maybe other people see them and think Nazi. It's like white people who... I'm not... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cut that out. I'm not going down this rabbit hole. Anyway... <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that out. That was just... That was, that was just, just for you. So if you see someone with a lot of... Mostly it's tattoos people run into this, or like t-shirts or whatever. Proceed with caution, I would say. You can usually kind of tell aesthetically whether this person is like a crunchy pagan sort of guy um, or a Nazi. But like, you know, it's another sort of dog whistle thing is what's upsetting. So I'm not saying that like everyone with a rune necklace or tattoo or whatever is a Nazi, obviously. But it is something to look for if some dude like talks a lot about weird shit and like also has like a, a a rune pendant of like the Volkna or something like maybe keep an eye on him um and I'm saying him because it's usually a him so Odin learns these runes and he learns these charms and he decides to pack it in that's it no of course not he needs more he decides he's like all right almost got me there yeah and psych he looks he's like I I got the well of Urd like I did that one there's another well with Needhog in it. Oh, I even looked up the name of this, and I forgot. Anyway, he, he looks at Needhog, and he's like, there's nothing there that I want. Like, there's just a dragon there. That well's not going to help me. And then he looks to the third well, Mimir's well. Now, that's in Jotunheim. Not a friendly place to Odin, if you'll remember. Him and his brothers kind of maybe killed all the giants, except for two. And they have been busy. There's a lot more giants now. So he wants to go to Mimir, Mimir's well. Mimir, Mimir, um, Baba, Baba Bui. So he, he, he decides to go take a fucking sip from Mimir's well. So he disguises himself as a beggar. And I don't know if he disguised himself to get through the giant land or to try to, like, kind of trick Mimir. But... He risks life and limb, which is funny, and you'll learn why in a second, to get to to Mimir's well. And he shows up and is like, uncle, I think he calls him, because he technically is. His mother is Mimir's sister. They're not close. (laughs) Mimir doesn't leave his well, let me put it that way. But he shows up and he's like, let me drink from your well. And Mimir is like, no. In some stories, he doesn't even respond. He, like, doesn't even look at him, right? Like, it's just like... You know the answer to this. It's like rolling up to McDonald's and being like, give me a Whopper. Like, they're not, like, no. <laughs> and he's like, I'm your nephew. Like, my mother is, is your sister. We are blood. And Mimir's like, I don't care. Like, that's not, en- that's not enough. And Odin goes like, please, just one drink. Like, And Mimir drinks from the well every morning. And he drinks using this um, Gyala horn, which is G-J-A-L-L-A-R- H-O-R-N. Gyalahorn. Because that's how you spell that. Um, and I'm sure Gyala means something. Like, I'm sure the prefix means some shit, but I didn't look it up. Video games just steal everything because apparently that is a gun name in Destiny. Is it a big gun? Uh, it looks to be a pretty large gun. Yep, um, because this horn is... Rocket launcher, it's a big gun. Yes, I was gonna say, like, I'm, I'm willing to bet that packs a punch, or they named it very bad, <laughs> um, because Gallahorn is, like, a thing. So he, he, he drinks from this well every morning, and it, it gives him wisdom, basically, and power and knowledge, and, like, wisdom is used as kind of a catch-all, like, it's wisdom, 
it's insight. Yeah. It's it's the ability to know and to learn and to see and to understand. It's 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 very nebulous. So it's not just like you don't get necessarily just get smarter. You like gain abilities to see things, right? You understand more. Perception expands. Yes. Um even beyond like yeah, you get superpowers basically. Sick. Right? He are he risked his life to because Nordic Nordic gods can die technically and a part of odin did die on the world tree it's it's said that basically it wouldn't have been a sacrifice if he hadn't died like he got better but but he did die or a part of him died and then a part of him was born so he is a different god from the god that died on the gallows even though he is odin sort of a philosophical like if a teleporter cloned you are you still yourself so he he begs mimir for a drink and mimir is like no and then odin basically goes Name your price. That is an incredibly, incredibly dangerous thing to say to a god. To anyone, really, but it's yes. a god. If I go to Al Capone and I tell him to name his price, he can take things from me, like my life, or my money, or my fingers. But that's it. Saying name your price to a god who drinks from the well of wisdom every day? He could legitimately say, like, I'm going to take your existence. Like, I don't even know. My, like, bug brain can't fathom what he could take. Yeah, your knowledge does not extend far enough to know what all is on the line here. Exactly. I have not drunk from that well. I do not know what he can take and what he can do. But... I only say that because what he asks for seems bad at first. It seems extreme. Macabre, one might even say. I'm going to throw in a little content warning for body horror, self-mutilation, etc., etc. Um, because he looks Odin dead in the eyes, and he says, Your eye. Oh, that's why Odin has one eye. That, yep, so you can kind of, you know figure out he agrees to this. Um, what I love about the way that this is told is that, like, Odin basically goes, like, can I have a drink of water? And Mimir goes, no, fuck off. And then Odin goes, I will pay anything. And Mimir goes, okay, your eye. Cut and your cut eye your out. eye out. And he, do he doesn't say, like, yeah, literally. And Odin's like, okay, give me your knife. Like, because he doesn't say, like, are you serious? He never for a moment considers that this is a joke because it's not. He asked the price, and Mimir answered. That's like me walking into a store and saying, how much are these potato chips? And them being like three ninety five, and me being like, okay. Like, that's the transaction. Except it's his fucking eye! And you're, you want superpowers! Bruh! I don't know, would you do it? Yeah. I, I feel like I'd want to. If, okay. I don't know if I could. Like, if I had, if it was, if I was certain that I would get something quite remarkable in this exchange like yeah got a doubt in my mind of like, yes will this actually work it's not like maybe you'll get heat vision <laughs> maybe you won't it's like hey you will unquestionably like become you will be wiser whatever that means yeah but like i would do that and i get to pick like i would do that without hesitation i have a lazy eye so <laughs> i'm like give me the melon baller yeah, and that's the thing. He was he was willing to die basically to to, to risk this. He he walked through Jotunheim with the you know I'm gonna do this, and so like at the fact that he had made it there with both eyes and ten fingers and ten toes and everything was like a miracle. So he was like, yes, give me a knife. So he he pulls his eye out, carves it out. It's described differently and in different variations of details. My favorite is, and I'm really just sucking Neil Gaiman's dick here, but like. He, in his book, Norse Mythology, which he says, once what needed to be done was done, Odin places his eye in the well. And I love the way that, that, that he puts that. Because we all know what he's doing. He doesn't need to be like, and then he sticks the blade in, and there's it's gross, and he's screaming. Like, he just is like, because that's the, that's the sort of attitude. It's like when you go up to the till, and they're like, hey... 1615 it's like okay and you just swipe your card yeah you do what you do like once what's done is done and then i was i think that's really interesting and he's giving up sight for sight like that's that's 
The poetic nature of Norse myths in particular blow my mind. Because, like, we talked about the the giants escaping in the boat that was also a coffin. Like, this is another thing. Mimir could have said your hand, your foot, your tongue, your whatever. Nope, he said I. Because you have to sacrifice sight. That was purposeful. It's not just random. You have to sacrifice sight in order to gain insight. So you are losing a part of your physical vision. It does affect him. It doesn't grow back. Yeah, to op- yeah, basically to open your third eye if we're going cross-culture. Um, so he puts it in the well, which before he drinks from it, which I think is gross, but whatever. It's a magic eye, I guess. It's magic well. And it's still there to this day. Like, it's in Mimir's well. There's a, like, preserving property of it. He basically sticks it in the fridge, I guess. And he, he, Mimir hands over the Gjallarhorn, um, and Odin drinks. And it's like, it's always described as cold, which is another thing that I find interesting. Because, like, the idea that, like, wisdom and knowledge is cold. Like, the physical manifestation of wisdom is cold. I don't know, that's interesting to me. It's an interesting detail. That's not something that I, I, I don't know why they say it's cold, but they always say it's cold. Like, I know why they always say it's his eye. Like, that's purposeful, but they always say it's cold, and I don't know why. It's interesting to me. My, okay, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. Go for it. Since this is from, you know, the Fenescandian region. Um, that was a word. Yeah. <laughs> North. <laughs> Yeah, Fenescandia is for geography nerds. Uh, <laughs> Someone just like nut. <laughs> what Scandinavia is like the the region of Scandinavia that people are often referring to is actually Fenescandia. Oh, cool! So it's like when people call the United States, they call it America when like technically it's America is like everything. Like Mexico is in America technically because it's North America. Like a mix up between Netherlands and Holland. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyways, since it's up there, and wisdom can be seen as truth, I guess, Hmm. and so the interpretation of, like, truth being reality and, like, uh, sometimes reality is harsh, and up there, harsh reality would be, like, a cold winter. Yeah, he he drinks it, and he gets this wisdom, and it's, that's kind of the, the end of that chapter of the story, because, like, it... It's not like, you know, Superman realizing he has laser vision. Like, there's no... We don't get to watch him fly into space. Like, he just drinks it, and, like, that's it. He's wise now. Yeah. Um, and we will never know what he experienced. Unless, you know, I don't know. You got... You know where the well is, and you're willing to do what needs to be done. So he, he's drunk from the well, and a war breaks out sometime later, between the Aesir and the Vanir. And eventually they, they come to a, 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 a truce. And this is, like, kind of reflected in history. Like, the people who worshipped the Aesir and the people who worshipped the Vanir were fighting. So were their gods. When they came to a peace, their gods came to a peace. Or, I don't know, maybe the gods came to a peace and then told their, their kids to stop fighting. <laughs> um, they do this, like, exchange of, of ambassadors and, like, people like uh, Freya, Odin's wife is is Vanir, so she marries Odin as like a representation of unity between their 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 clans, I guess. Um, and that's kind of cool. He sends Mimir um, to the Vanir as an advisor, and there's a lot of ears here, so we're gonna deal with that. Um, so he sends Mimir to Vanir as an advisor to Hymir. H y m i r m i r. So he was the new chief of of the Vanir. And he was stupid. So, you know how I always said that the Norse myths let you know when someone was stupid? Yeah. He's very tall, he's very handsome, and he's very stupid. (laughs) So, Mimir had to be there, like, by his side 24-7. And whenever he was, whenever he was there and able to counsel Hymir, Hymir was a great chief. He was wise, he was well-spoken, he was deliberate, his, you know, King Solomon type, you know, he made very good decisions. He never suggested they cut a baby in half, as far as I know, so maybe even better than Solomon. Um, and when he wasn't there, bad. It was bad. 
Heimer was was indecisive and stupid. Just bad, right? <laughs> and the Vayner are like, oh man, this sucks. Like, our, like, this sucks. And here's a part I don't understand. Now, myths are written slash retold by the dominant paradigm, right? And the Vanir's people who worshipped them were pretty peaceful. So, like, their truce wasn't, like, to avoid mutually assured destruction. It was, like, the Asgardians, or the, the Aesir, whoever worshipped them, being like, we don't want to, like, murder y'all. And the, the people who worshipped the Vanir being like, we're good with that. <laughs> But that's also a story told by the winners, right? So I don't know. Maybe the Vanir were badass, but like their gods were more peaceful. Like Freya's like fertility and cats and her twin brother is like also fertility and like nice. Like, and then there's like Odin and Thor who's like battle and blood and war and shit. So like I, I sort of believe that the Vanir maybe were like, if we don't have to like murder people, we're pretty bad at it. So we're like super good just being chill. Um, mm-hmm. But the Vanir decide to kind of, I guess, take it out on, take their frustrations, maybe with losing, maybe just with the fact that their chief is an idiot, um, on Mimir. So they cut off his head, and then they mail it to Odin. Huh. <laughs> that's some, uh, that's some godfather shit right there. <laughs> what do you think Odin's reaction to this is? Uh, probably kind of pissed. You would think that, right? Odin, god of war, his uncle just got FedExed to him. Part of his uncle was FedExed to him. But Odin's like, eh, whatever. Sapathy? Well, he knows what to do. He takes the head and he puts herbs in it and marks it with runes and casts charms over it. And uh, he places it in the well. And the head comes back to life. Kind of. What is it like when you cut off a clipping of a plant and you put it back in the soil and you just like grow another? Yes, except like it's just that clipping. Like it doesn't like get, it's not like a starfish, like another Mimir doesn't (laughs) like grow from it, right? But it's alive and it it counsels Odin. Odin was kind of like, okay, I gave you my toy. You broke it. I kind of duct taped it back together. I'm not giving it back to you, right? Like, you had your chance. So, I guess in his way, he's like, you guys just took away a gift. Like, I gave you this man to help you. Maybe he knew their chief was an idiot. Maybe he didn't. Even if the chief had been smart, he would have benefited from Mimir's counsel. And he's like, and y'all didn't want that, and that sucks for you. I'm married to your, one of your royals, so, like, I'm not gonna, like, take it out on you, but I'm also, like, it's mine now. Like, you're, you, you lost privileges of Mimir's head. So he puts it in, in, in the well, and he takes the horn, and he gives it to, to Heimdall, and Mimir's head stays in the well, along with his eye, which, you know, at the end of the day, I think Odin came out of <laughs> everything <Yeah>. better than <laughs> Mimir, yeah. And I also want to know, like, I don't know, it's kind of implied that Mimir, like, that wisdom comes with, like, almost a little bit of foresight. Like, Odin kind of knows about the future. Like, he knows to give the horn to Heimdall and, he, you know, that sort of shit. And it's implied that that's because he drank from the well. So I'm curious if Mimir knew or if Odin knew that he was going to die, you know? I feel like with the almost apathy. Yeah, it was almost like I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, like, uh, all right, well, that sucks. It's all that coming. And then it's interesting because, like, if you think that Odin knows, then Mimir definitely knows, right? Because Odin drank once and Mimir's, like, chugging that shit on the daily. I think the most interesting combination is if Mimir knew and Odin didn't, and Mimir kind of went into it, knowing, like, everything that was going to happen and knowing that he was going to get his head chopped off and knowing that Odin was going to to save him, kind of. The fact that Odin immediately knew how to, like, preserve this dude makes me think that they're, like, I don't know. That seems like a weird bit of knowledge to have. Maybe that's just, like, household knowledge. 
that like you know or like maybe because he drank from the well like he knows magic so he knows how to preserve heads that is why odin is known as you know the one-eyed god and that is why he's known as gallows hung and like some of his other nicknames like glad of war or whatever are understandable but um i always found it interesting about that he was the gallows god and all that and i think it's it's also very interesting um the whole he died and then came back to life thing i always you know having been raised christian i always find parallels between pagan beliefs and christian beliefs to be very interesting so like yeah even like he spent three days hanging from the tree three days in the underworld and you know three days to find his way back so Mm -hmm. jesus a little bit on the third day he rose again oh yeah huh Interesting. You really had to spell that one out for me. <laughs> I also think it's a little bit funny that, like, Jesus did it in three and Odin took nine. But he also died longer. Odin really was, like, beating the dead horse. But, um, that's like a pun on eight levels right there. And that's the end. <laughs> dead horse. Boom.